You're listening to The Real Wealth Show with Kathy Fetke, the real estate investor's resource. If at first you don't succeed, don't give up. We would never scold a child for falling down when he or she is just learning how to walk. We'd be gentle and encouraging and maybe even clap and celebrate with each fall because the effort took such great risk. Ah, if we could only be so gentle with ourselves and others as we grow up. I'm Kathy Fetke and welcome to The Real Well Show. As we know, life is full of risk and the risks help us be smarter and more strategic in the things that we do. Unfortunately, the fear of failure, though, can keep us from ever even trying. And then when we do try and fail, which you normally do when you try new things, then going for it again can feel just terrifying. But I assure you, anyone who is a pro at anything took a lot of falls. I certainly have, and I detail some of that in my book, Retire Rich with Rentals, which describes a time when I gave people a lot of good advice back in 2005 to buy investment property in Texas because we expected a crash in California. But then Rich and I decided to keep two properties in California that ended up losing half of their value during the downturn. We also bought a couple of properties in Boise, Idaho, breaking my rule of buying property in an area that had a small pool of renters and employers. So when the recession hit, we had a tough time with those properties. And there was the time we got that short-term balloon note instead of a long-term loan. And when the note was due, the market had crashed and there was no financing available to refinance into. Those are tough times, but they helped me learn and grow and now teach what not to do when investing. Well, our guest today knew real estate was risky, but he was willing to jump in anyway. He learned some tough lessons along the way, but he pulled himself back up and jumped back in again. And now he is doing some really cool things with tax liens that I'm so excited to share with you and to learn myself. And he's using those profits to buy cash flow rentals in growing markets across the country. Darnell Randall was born and raised in Los Angeles, where owning real estate can be pretty cost prohibitive. So he found other options. And while some didn't work out as expected, he did not give up. Today, he's here to share what's working and what he plans on doing next. He's a regular member at our Real Wealth events, and I'm so happy to have him here on The Real Wealth Show with me today. Darnell, welcome. Ah, glad to be here. So glad you're here. You come to our meetings and you've been checking in on us to make sure we're okay <laughs> during the last <laughs> few months of uh, some insanity or, uh, well, I guess it's kind of the opposite. It's been very peaceful for a lot of people being able to be home during the last few months. But I really appreciate you checking in on us to make sure we're okay. How have you been? Uh, I've been good. Yeah, you've been- I uh, cannot complain. Have you been- uh, Staying at home or are you going into a job? Uh, I go to work every day because I work for one of those essential function jobs. So we kind of have to go in, even though we're not seeing the public, but we still have to kind of go in every day. Oh, okay. What's that job? Uh, I work for Los Angeles County Department of Public Social Services. Okay. Uh, but you're healthy and... Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for <laughs> the work you're doing. and. Hopefully not putting yourself at risk because you're you're in LA where there's kind of more more of an outbreak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where it just seems to spike on an everyday basis here. It is, and well, I would think even more so now with the, all the um, marches and the, the yeah, gatherings. Yeah, we had riots and, here the last four days. Yeah, right uh, near your office. Well, in Santa Monica, because we're like 
in West LA. So Santa Monica would be the next city going West. Yeah. I heard Santa Monica. We're only 20 minutes away, but I haven't actually gone to see it. I heard it got hit pretty hard. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of change happening in the world. I I hope we end up in a good place after all of this. Yes. True. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I've been looking at it like, you know, sometimes, um, things get worse before they get better and and there's things coming to light that need to and uh, we're learning we're learning a lot so but let's talk about you and you know you come to our events you've been really committed to learning and and investing in real estate so when did your real estate story begin uh my real estate story began actually around 1988 i had kind of got interested in it, just wanted to see what it was about. So at the time, you had a lot of people doing the learn at home videotapes and stuff. And so I had got one of the videotapes and I started learning a few things here and a few things there. But going out doing it, I was still kind of skeptical. But I continued to learn through the tapes and stuff. And then Uh, I kind of let that go for a while, but then I got hooked up. I got a job with an architect company back in 1996. And so working with the architect company kind of got those juices flowing again. Mm -hmm. And, and so I got reinterested in it. And so I started going to training seminars and one of the seminars I had went to was with Robert Kiyosaki and Mm -hmm. his was really good. Because I have yeah. been reading all, I've read pretty much all his books. Oh, good for you. And so after that, I guess the flame kind of went out again. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so for a while, I didn't really do too much with it. And so probably around 2017, somewhere in that year, I was reading a real estate magazine. And it had your picture in it. Oh, (laughs) it had you, it had you and Rich on the cover with y'all surfboards and sweat in the surfing suit. And I was like, wow, they look cool. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, um, I went to where, uh, you guys picture was in the book and I started reading about the real wealth network and I was like, Oh, okay. This sounds cool. And so I called, uh, I don't know who I spoke to. I guess it was one, like one of your customer service people. And they just kind of hooked me up, took my information. And I started just kind of listening to you, you know, over the podcast and stuff. So I was like, oh, this, uh, this might be a better way of getting into the real estate thing and not really spending no more money on the books and the tapes. Mm, Yeah. (laughs) So, um, started listening to you guys. I wasn't sure about the events yet. So I kind of just kind of waited on that. And then I went to my first event that you guys had, I think it was January of 2018. And I've been going to the events ever since. Yeah, we love seeing you there too. (laughs) Yeah, so that's a little bit of my story. So let's go back to when you first got interested, started buying tapes, I mean, that was in the 80s. Is that in the 80s, right? Yeah, 1988, to be exact. So what stopped you at that time? Because boy, like, 
all of us have the, I wish I had done this sooner syndrome, (laughs) but what, what stopped you at that point? Yeah, I don't know. I guess fear would be the biggest thing, stepping out and and, and just taking a risk and probably money was the other, other, so those two, but fear probably more so than money. And what would you say your fear was? Of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's such an honest and that's a great answer because that's generally what fear is. That's what my, my husband is always saying. Rich is always saying, you know, the things we fear usually never happen, you know, but we, but they look like big (laughs) boogeymen, you know? So fear of the unknown, but I bet there was, there was something specific that if it wasn't so much the money problem, which for a lot of people it is, if you did know at the time what that fear was, what would you say? Uh, I think it was probably failure, not wanting to fail. Yeah, that's so honest. Thank you. I totally know what you mean. I remember when I started my journey and somebody gave me a, like a meditation on prosperity and it had you kind of go into a deep state of relaxation and then imagine yourself having everything you want. And in that process, you know, these little demons would come up for me like, oh, well, gosh, if I was successful, there might be people who don't like me because I'm successful, you know, or, or people might try to take my success away from me. So maybe it's better for me not to have it, you know, and like all right. these thoughts would come up. And, and until those, I, I, you know, I want to call them little demons and those little negative thoughts until they're brought to light, um, they kind of run the show. It seems like, you know, that's what I was saying about sort of some of the things that are happening right now. There's things being brought to light that maybe you've been running the show for too long and need to be exposed. And it's the same with our thoughts. So thank you for sharing that. What's maybe stopping you now? Or is there anything stopping you now? I don't think there's anything stopping me now. I think back in 1999, I took a leap of, I guess you could call it a leap of faith and had started my own company called The Rett Group. And what we did was we invested in real estate investment trust, but then I disbanded the company. It was an LLC, and I disbanded it a year later due to internal conflicts. And I also learned with that that we weren't as experienced as we should have been. And so that taught me that you need to learn all you can through the right channels so you can get experienced on doing what you want to do within that particular sector. So fast forward, oh, 21 years later, um, I'm a little bit more seasoned. Um, you know, the architect experience helped. And uh, I'm, again, trying to restart a new company now, uh, another LLC. So I think the fear is absolutely gone, um, you know, because now, oh, the last couple of years, I've kind of had a turn of faith. So I kind of put everything in the hands of the Lord. And so I'm just now just trying to learn and get well in doctrine in knowing a lot of areas about the real estate game before I just go ahead and make the move. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's amazing. So in 2000, you started your own real estate investment company. That's, that's incredible. 
That's incredible. Well, so you invest what you invested in other REITs? Yeah, Is we that- invested in real estate REITs. Okay. And, and uh, we just kind of got whatever the uh, percentages were when the REITs uh, were either sold or pretty much either sold or rented out. Mm-hmm. So you have experience raising money. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's so impressive. And uh, and maybe the fear of failure. Did 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 you? <laughs> you know, that was a fear. And then did you feel like a failure after you did that? Yeah, a little bit because I, I, I kind of beat myself up because I, I, I wanted it to succeed so badly yeah. that I just began becoming my own worst torturer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And even though my parents were like, well, my mom had passed away, but my dad was like, you know, it's going to happen because he was a self-made man. He never worked for a company. He always had his own business. And he always said that to always create something that no one can ever take away from you. Mm. So when I felt the first time by having to shut it down after a year, I was just like, <laughs> it was, it wasn't good. <laughs> oh yeah. They, I mean, most people, most businesses fail the first time around. I don't want to say most, but a very large percentage. There's a lot of learning that happens there. What would you say are the biggest lessons you learned? I think you said one to really understand it uh, before diving in. What uh, else? That was one good lesson. The And probably one of the other biggest lessons, and I don't think a lot of people look at it, is be careful who you align yourself up oh, with. Yeah. Because- yeah, <laughs> that's because a big one. if you, you know, because if you align yourself up with the wrong people, they can take you farther than you need to go and keep you longer than you want to stay. That's such an important point. And I, I want to really emphasize that with my own experience, too, where somebody told me after I had an experience like that, that partnerships are the hardest ships to float. And, and what, that, what that means is a lot of times when you're starting a business, you know, you bring on partners, you're all excited and you're doing this thing. And what maybe you don't realize in the beginning, like you said, you don't sometimes know this stuff. If, when you dive in as entrepreneurs, that's what we do. We dive into things. You don't sometimes realize that everything that partner does is your responsibility, right? right. And you are absolutely to blame or you take the credit either which way it goes of that partner. And so you've really got to evaluate who you're working with. And sometimes you don't know because they don't even know. They, they haven't been tested maybe. So you don't even know how they're going to react in difficult times or how they'll handle money uh, if they haven't had it before. Um, so what I learned early on is, you know, maybe, maybe you don't need to take partners on right away. Maybe you just hire employees or give people shares or something, but maybe not control or ownership in the beginning. I, I don't know. I don't know what what your lesson was there, but definitely I have aligned with the wrong people in real estate several times. Not, you know, they didn't have a record. You know, we did our research and looked them up and there wasn't anything negative online. Their their, um, background checks came out fine. But what I discovered is they didn't have the same values. Right. So how would you be able to know that ahead of time? Uh, Well, these... The other three uh, members of my first company, you know, I had known them for a while. One I had worked with at a different company. And so, and they were all good people, but 
sometimes when you you have to align yourself with people that have the same goals that you do, have the same values that you do, and also have the kind of like the work ethic that you do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's it's really easier to hire because then you can fire versus partner because yeah. you can't <laughs> when you're starting out. Yeah. Uh, I think those are good lessons. All right. So here we are. It's 2020. Um, wow. What a, what a year. Um, yeah, it came in. <laughs> yeah. Didn't see any of this coming. Yeah. Not, not quite like this. So what, are, what would you say are your plans now? Do you feel derailed or do you, do you still feel enthusiastic about moving? Oh forward? yeah, I do. Um, right now, what I am currently doing along with the Will Wealth Network, I'm also investing in tax lien certificates in the state of Arizona. Wow. Okay. Um, Tell me more. I I bought seven certificates so far. I have six active. One of the certificates, the owners paid their property taxes. So I got back what I paid for their property taxes as well as 16%. So Woo! Uh, yeah. yeah. And okay. so That's the amazing. six active ones, I just paid taxes on three of them for 2019. The other three, the property owners paid the 2019 taxes, but they still haven't paid their either 2017 or 2018 taxes yet. So I'm hoping that they saw that as an oversight. So if they go on and cover those, I'll get back what I paid for those tax lien certificates as well as 16%. The three uh, certificates that I actually paid taxes on, I'm probably going to end up with those properties. And all of them are land spots except for one that has a manufactured home on it. So the way it works is somebody has not paid their property taxes. So there's a right. lien. And you do you buy that lien at a discount? So let's say, for example, somebody didn't pay their 2018 property tax. So the property tax on the over-the-counter tax lien is a total of $88. I paid the $88. In the state of Arizona, you have three years to catch up your property taxes. If you don't catch it up, then the property ends up becoming mine with uh, clear and void, although I would have to start foreclosure proceedings because it's the state of Arizona, but pretty much the property is pretty much mine as long as I keep paying taxes on it because after three years of them not paying it, they just lose it. So even though even though you're keeping the property taxes current, mm-hmm. but because you bought that, if yeah, they don't I pay you that back, tax lien. because you control the lien, so uh-huh. they're not paying you then. So they're supposed nope, to pay they you. still have to pay the county of Cococino. Ah, oh, okay. Uh-huh. Wow, now how'd you oh. learn this? That's that's brilliant. Uh, I actually went. <laughs> I actually went to another seminar. Yeah, it was it was a free. You know these those little free seminars. Yeah, you go two hours and then they try to get you to go to a bigger one that's three or six thousand dollars. And then the, so buy the materials for like, another six thousand. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, there's got to be a better way. So what I did was um, I called the Cococino County Treasurer's Office and spoke to a young lady who dealt with over-the-counter tax liens. These are over-the-counter tax liens are tax liens that 
didn't get bought up at their initial auction. So they're just left over. And I only deal with over-the-counter tax liens. And so I was talking to the young lady that worked there. And so now she's the deputy treasurer of Cococino County. Uh, I still deal with her. And she lets me, she prints out a list every month. And on that list, which is probably has about two, 300 tax lien certificates on it, I go and I pick out which ones that I want to buy. I have a criteria for which ones I do. And then I just let her know and she does everything for me. So she's my contact for doing that. Wow. So fantastic. That's really impressive. Yeah, and I saved $6,000. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. But you must have studied it enough to understand Yeah, I did it. study it. I studied it for, oh, probably a year and a half before I actually bought my first tax lien in, um, in August of last year. And you literally paid $88. Is that, is that real? Is that a real number? Uh, yeah. For the tax lien. Someone, someone did the tax lien. Yeah. So you, so basically you get back what you pay for it, the $88 plus the 16% on top of the 88 bucks. But somebody couldn't pay $88 for their taxes. It's, it's amazing. Like, do they just forget or they? That's what we're thinking. You know, some of them on this particular one, either they just didn't want the land, the acre land spot or whatever, because uh, we were like talking about, okay, you pay 2019 taxes, but you don't pay 2017 or 2018. So is it an oversight or did you forget or it's just crazy. Wow. So did you read a, is there a book you recommend or what, for people interested, what, what should they do? You know what? I didn't really read any books. Um, I did have a tape and I don't even know what I did with the tape now. But <laughs> if you're interested in tax liens, there's 21 states that do tax liens. I know Arizona's one of them. And so you just find the states that do tax liens, talk to the county treasurer for that state, and they should be able to tell you all the information because that's how I did it. So do you plan on uh, using the money you're making from that to buy buy and hold real estate or what's your plan? Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the ongoing cash flow? Yeah. Yeah. Are there states that you're interested in for that? You know, I was talking to Aristotle and he was telling me that Detroit or Albuquerque would be a good place for me to start since mm-hmm. I have never actually bought actual real estate before. So I'll be getting back with him on that. Yeah. Because uh, I picked him as my uh, counselor. <laughs> oh, wonderful. Yeah, we've got, for those new to us, we have four investment counselors, and you can pick which one based on their background. And Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Detroit's getting, uh, man, It's these are very uncertain times. Uh, we had, of course, the two months of stay-at-home orders and people losing their jobs and record numbers, and how would that affect the buy and hold industry that we're so focused on. I mean, there's been a, a lot of concern questions. Are our home prices going to go down? Um, what we've shockingly discovered is that there hasn't been much change. If anything, we've had higher rent collections than normal, more applications than normal because we're in the affordable single family home realm. And a lot of people are kind of wanting that in the suburbs these days now, now more than ever. It's like, not only do I want to stay at home, but I want to be far away from anybody um, and have a backyard. So uh, in Detroit, where we were seeing a lot of layoffs in the auto industry, we expected that was just going to be, it was going to be a tough place to, to do business, any kind of business, but it has not turned out to be the case. 
you know, there's a lot more jobs in Detroit than just in the auto industry, turns out. <laughs> right, that's true. Yeah, and the the affordability is it's like eighty thousand dollar homes that after renovation and I mean you could go real fancy and get up to one hundred twenty thousand for you know an A class neighborhood that you know with uh, high paying jobs but yeah the price points are so low the rents are so low that it it just seems to be less affected than other areas so that would be definitely something to look into Cleveland has had the same experience but we've had the same thing in in Florida and like you said Albuquerque Texas. The single family home has really elevated in value for people where they just safer at home, right? It's just homes right. have become very, a very important part of our lifestyle. Yeah. So what would you say are your next steps? To continue uh, just learning everything I can from you and Rich and the whole Will Wealth family and work on turning the new company into an LLC. Probably three years from now, I will be building a family ranch down in Arizona. Uh, the city is Williams, Arizona, and I'm going to dedicate that to my parents. And mm. so that's what I'm up to now for the next few years. Now, is that is that land you acquired through a tax lien? That's probably going to be one of the lands I'll end up acquiring through the tax liens. Man, that is so cool. I hope you start teaching people what you're doing. It's really, you know, for somebody who's taken a lot of classes and learned from others, it, it you might be soon uh, turning around and being the teacher on that. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Really cool. Well, you know, so many people ask us how they can get into real estate without having to have such a big down payment. Even even if you're buying an $80,000 property, there's still a $16,000 down payment you need. Uh, but to, to buy a tax lien for $88, I mean, I should yeah. be telling my kids how to do that, man. Yeah, I think the cheapest tax lien I paid uh, to take control of was, I think, I paid like 58 bucks for it because somebody didn't pay their taxes and left 58 bucks owing on their tax, <laughs> their tax wow. that's due. So, and then, I mean, some tax liens, you know, they run maybe a thousand, fifteen hundred. I've seen tax liens that people haven't paid back taxes as high as $3,000. But I basically, my criteria is I only buy tax liens that are $100 or less. The owners have to live in the state of Arizona, pretty much no foreign owners. And the properties can't be like the IRS or something has a claim on it or something like that. Mm-hmm. So those are no my four liens. criteria. No other liens in priority, maybe. Yeah. Uh Okay. And then what about the, do you do due diligence on the property or do you not worry about that? Uh, they're all, well, like I said, they're all eight land spots. So they're, mm-hmm. except for one of them that has a manufactured home on them, they're all like either an acre or an acre and a quarter. So just land, as you wouldn't do so it on the house. So just land. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And if somebody has a property sitting on it, then, you know, that just comes with it. <laughs> But most of them are just land spots, except for the one that has this little manufactured home. So I'm kind of hoping that that one, (laughs) they don't pay the taxes on. Yeah, right. I I like the little manufactured home. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Well, so you were born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, Obviously a very difficult place to buy real estate. It's so expensive. Um, Do you think you'll stay in Los Angeles? Pretty much. I'll probably drift between Los Angeles and Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe maybe buy a house there or, or, or yeah. take the land and, and build one. 
<laughs> and build one. Yeah. Like you said a ranch. Yeah. 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 The ranch will be, the ranch will be basically for family gatherings and like reunions or big parties or stuff. I won't live in it. I'll probably just buy a regular house over at Bullhead City, Arizona to live in because they're so cheap yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a really great plan for again like what is the median home price in LA? I, I, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Um because over in Bullhead, uh like you can get like a four bedroom house with two bathrooms for maybe ninety two thousand. Wow. Amazing. And you do that in Santa Monica, you're over a million. Oh, easily. At least. <laughs> at least. And Santa Monica hasn't really been the safest place to live, at least this past month. <laughs> no, <it hasn't>. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, having been born and raised in, in Los Angeles, this isn't the first time we've had riots. But do you think no. there's any hope that this time things will be different? Well, you know, um, I remember my dad saying, because uh, they had just been out here probably a year, probably a year or less when the Watts riots happened in 65. And so when the 92 riots happened, he said, you know, nobody learned anything from 65. You know, being part of the 92 riots, um, I look at the riots now and I said, nobody has learned anything from 92. But I think because the biggest difference I see here, this one got the whole world involved, where in 92, it just basically had L.A. involved. So mm-hmm. I think with the world being involved, hopefully, you know, some changes will be made. I remember in 92, Mayor Reardon was saying the same things now that Mayor Garcetti has said. So I think instead of just talking Actions speak louder than words. So hopefully the actions will now come forth and we can really get some social change. I mean, as a as a black man, have you felt unsafe in, in the city of Los Angeles? Uh, you know, growing up here, you know, with gangs and civil unrest and police. And so, mm-hmm. no, it, for me, it's just been a way of life. Um, I've gone through discrimination here just to... Probably a week ago, I went through discrimination, went to a barbershop, and the owner didn't want to cut my hair simply because I was black. Really? So, wow. (laughs) You know, you just. (laughs) Oh, man. And so I I just said, okay. And, uh, you know, and just went to a barbershop, barbershop and got my hair cut. Wow, what what an attitude. (laughs) Yeah, it's like you you can fight it or you can say, well, that's kind of your problem. I'll go get my hair cut somewhere else. You know, uh, you know, I just when he said when and, and that's the feeling I got um, from him by his tone and his mannerisms. And I just smiled and I just walked away. Yeah. Well, I uh, to me, the biggest difference is that now we can see it. And, mm-hmm. and that's thanks to everybody has a phone. I, everybody has a yeah. phone. Everybody has a camera on their phone. And we're we're finally seeing it. I, I feel like in in some way i understand it from the perspective of how many women have claimed rape but had no proof and no one listened um so you know it's not like every woman's holding a camera in those <laughs> moments but you know there there's just more it's harder to get away with stuff like that now yeah so that's that's but, the good news of technology is now i think people can really see yeah. it yeah you know but um and i i i say the same thing 
with this this civil unrest that I said back in 92 was I definitely understand why the riots happened. I just don't agree with the way people went about it. I just don't think you have to go out and destroy people's businesses. And especially in 92, we didn't have the coronavirus. And, you know, in 2020, we do. And, you know, a lot of businesses were just trying to get back from the coronavirus thing that just pretty much put up almost everybody out of work. And then now they got to restart again because, yeah. you know, the businesses got destroyed. So we got to kind of be careful not to let our anger overrule our common good sense. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. And just try to do everything to peaceful, to peaceful means. I mean, I, you know, I, I, it's one of those topics I, I don't even know if I'm supposed to talk about, but it's like, it seems like what I'm hearing is, well, we tried peaceful, that didn't work, you know? So what are, what are we going to do that's going to work this time? I, I don't know. I don't know the solution, but all I right. know is what I can do is do more of what I'm doing, which is helping as many people as possible build wealth. Like you said, you, you, you said something earlier about, you know, I want to build something no one can take away from me. And I don't know if any, any day someone can just take our properties, who knows? <laughs> you know, I mean, I hope yeah. that, that day never comes, but um, that's my mission is just to help as many people of any color build their future, their retirement, not be dependent on anybody because they own their own business or, their, or they own their own real estate. So that's, that's going to be my, hopefully my difference I make in this world. <laughs> Yeah, I plan on doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. pretty much. Uh, my company is it's it's kind of half real estate, and the other half is outreach because I go out and I'm known as a street preacher as well because I go out and I talk about religious things and try to lift people up religiously. So, um, wow, that's the, other, that, that's the other part of the company helping the homeless. Uh, helping, you know, people try to get into some kind of shelter, trying to help the food programs and all that. So, so yeah. Well, that's so beautiful. That's, that's what you just go to homeless people and try to help them. How do you do that? Uh, I go out um, like the Skid Row area of LA. I, I haven't been down there since the coronavirus, but before Mm -hmm. the coronavirus came about, I was going down there and just literally talking to the homeless people and asking them, what do you need that will get you off the street? And a lot of people were. And I remember one gentleman was like, all I want people to know is that I exist. I don't want anything from anybody. I just want people to know that I exist. And I thought that was really deep. Wow. That is so beautiful. What a beautiful heart you have. Please let me know any way I can support you and your business. And I would love to support you and teaching other people to do what you're doing with the tax liens. I just, that's, that's really impressive. Oh yeah, definitely. I consider you just like, I consider you, Rich, Aristotle, Amy and Jill as my family. (laughs) Oh man, you're going to make me cry. I love love all you guys. (laughs) And Jill sometimes gets so emotional. So I just like, I always go with her all. (laughs) <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's got a huge heart. She, she has, does. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your inspiration. Do, do let us know when you start teaching and we'll send people to you. Or maybe you can okay. come teach at one of our events. That would be really cool. Oh, that would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. And then we're going to be starting a, um, uh, I'm not sure I'm even supposed to talk about it yet, but definitely an empowerment program where we're going to really expand with more 
just more agents across the country, more circles around the country, people educating individuals, educating people in their in their neighborhoods. So as soon as we launch that, we will let you know. Okay. All right. Well, I really look forward to at some point having a human contact and hope to see you in the meantime. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. <laughs> in the meantime, thank you so much for being here on the Real Well Show and sharing your. Oh uh, yeah, it has been a pleasure. I really appreciate it. Oh, uh, thank right. you. And thank you for joining me here on The Real Well Show. If you want to find out about our upcoming events, which for now are virtual, you can sign up at realwealthshow.com. It's free to join. And when you do, you'll have access to so much data and information on different markets that we think will rebound really quickly after this recession and places where you can still get really good cash flow and the chance of appreciation as things recover. Again, you can check that out at realwealthshow.com. Stay healthy and safe, and I hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.